Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I love this time every week because it's one of my favorite dudes. We welcome the great Bob Labriola, Steelers historian, SteelersDigest.com, and one of the most knowledgeable guys about all things Steelers and Mac and, and Max and I we both love this guy but I gotta have, first off ask Labs were you did it surprise you at all that the Steelers took over Allegiant Stadium and had their terrible towels no I mean uh, I just know that uh, back when the schedule came out in May friends of mine were talking about going to Vegas even before you know the the date and the time had been announced and um, so, I it, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the West, that area, you know, there, there's a lot of Steelers fans. Uh, I won't say living there necessarily as much as, you know, that's a easy place to get to for them. <laughs> and, you know, there's stuff to do in Vegas besides watch football games. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, that was kind of one of the uh, destinations, you know, of the road 2023 schedule. And, you know, um, those Steelers fans who, who go to road games, uh, and I'm not saying they all came from Pittsburgh, but, you know, who traveled however, however far they had to to get there, they they go there to have a good time. And, you know, Vegas, you know, my experience is that it's pretty easy to have a good time there if, you, if you're interested. And so, no, it didn't surprise me that, um, you know, that happened. I would imagine that happens a lot to the Raiders, there <laughs> yeah. as they're going through their initial um sure. period uh, you know of, of that being their their home uh home field because everybody wants to go to vegas you know nobody wanted to go to oakland <laughs> you know, everybody wants to go to <laughs> <Absolutely> vegas <not. laughs> so yeah you know, there you go yeah. well and also labs full transparency there was more to do in the stadium just like there is outside the stadium because I mean, they had they had an entire nightclub in one end zone that you literally, if you walked back deep enough into that nightclub, you couldn't even tell there was a game going on. I mean, it was like a DJ and stuff flying in the air wow. in the background. I mean, you know, the celebrities that were there. It was it was a show, and then of course a halftime show, not just you know dogs catching frisbees and kind of the other entertainment we expect at halftime. They had a full on concert with you know at Lil Wayne doing a whole set. Um, it was just, it was, it was, a, it was, it was a spectacle that you expect of Vegas. They did not, they did not disappoint, uh, you know, labs as we watch it and the entertainment that was on the field, um, the performance by 
the defense was something we kind of expected, right? You expect the defense to have the explosive dynamic plays. We talked about this, um, you know, about last week. What offensively, how impressed were you were, were you with the consistency kind of in the middle of that game when they had those consistent drives and they're putting points on the board? I mean, what 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 was that for you seeing that um, happen? Well, I mean, it was clearly the quarterback's best game of the season. Okay, um, yeah. and there, there there are numbers, of course, that that uh, confirm that it was his first multiple touchdown game, touchdown pass game in in uh, of his young career. Um, but just uh, the way he was seeing things, uh, delivering the ball. Um, you know, one of the things that really struck me, and and you know, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys on on this show or you know what, but. I remember seeing some coaches' video of the game uh, against the 49ers. And one of the things I was showed was, you know, the Steelers won the toss and they elected to receive. So it's the third play of the game. Uh, it ended up being a sack, but when I was showed the video, um, uh, it was clear George Pickens was open. Touchdown. Throw the ball. Throw him the ball. It's a touchdown. It's 7 nothing against the 49ers that early, you're at home, you know, you're coming off the preseason. I mean, all of the momentum, all of the things that would have been, uh, you know, as Wolf would say, all the mojo was moving <laughs> in their favor. Uh, and who knows, I'm not predicting the Steelers would have gone on to win, but certainly that could have, that had the potential to set a tone that would maybe have taken us to a kind of an outcome that was different than what we actually saw. After the game, Kenny Pickett's addressing the media, and he mentioned about the pass to um, Calvin Austin, I think it was. Maybe it was one. To, I don't remember, but he said, we had that in the 49ers game and missed it. Mm. Uh, there you go. Yep. So um, that's the kind of thing that you have to have uh, as a team, you know, um, because – you know, it's the Jimmys and the Joes a lot of times. You know, I'm sorry. It it just is. It and, really is. Yes. You know, guys winning matchups mm. and just delivering uh, the ball on time and on target on passing plays, you know, running plays, guys, uh, offensive linemen. What they were doing on the, the, the telecast was showing a lot of how the Steelers' offensive linemen were, you know, doing the double teams and then getting to the next level on some of the running plays. Right. And, you know, you guys can certainly speak to that with a lot more um, authority than me. But it just seems that those are the kinds of things, you know, as Mike Tomlin calls it, make the routine plays routinely. Mm. You know, yep. the guy's wide open throwing the ball. I mean, yep. you know, it's not that hard, not at this level. Or, you know, uh, on, on running plays, when, when there's a hole like that, when the guard in the center or the whoever, you know, is doing the combination block and then one guy comes off and, gets the guy at the next level and there's a crease there, you know, hit the hole, six yards, seven yards, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's a nice running play in the NFL. And so there was a lot more of that that I saw um, that really uh, kind of heartened my outlook on this season because, you know, if, if it had the offense, as I'm speaking about now specifically, if it had continued – um, on the just frustrating track that it had been on 
uh, based on the San Francisco and the Cleveland game, um, you know, I, I get that, you know, we're all in this, to, I'm talking about in, in the locker room, we're all in this mm-hmm. together. And as Wolf said on the pregame show, I believe, you know, players play and coaches coach. And Mike Tomlin has mentioned a couple of times, we're just going to keep our mouths shut and keep working. You know, if, if, if things don't start to change a little bit and you don't start seeing some benefits of your uh, labor, and if you don't see some uh, in, in terms of, some individual players might be looking at it as, well, I'm doing all this and it's still not working. Who's not doing their part? And I think you have a tendency to, for there to be some disappointment and some disgruntled um, individuals. And then that's what maybe when you start to have problems. Mm-hmm. But I think the performance against the Raiders, when you started seeing some things, it, w- it wasn't perfect by any means. And there's still a lot of uh, way f- ways for them to go. <clears throat> but, you're see, it's starting to it's starting to turn around a little bit, and I think that then you can hang your hat on that and say, okay, what we're doing, we got to continue doing it because we are seeing some benefit from it. Uh, that's the, absolutely you're spot on. You know, one of the things that has to me has been a telling point of better success is coming is the amount of chunk plays we've seen in the last couple of weeks. We, you know, I can remember times last year when in between very slow starts like what was it 14 games in between opening drive touchdowns and so forth and we were we're not getting chunk plays i mean we're not getting anything but we've been getting chunk plays and it was highlighted by that 72 yarder like you you talked about that dime that that kenny threw to calvin austin that was just beautiful and you got on the other hand you've got some pretty good defensive plays going on what, what Tomlin would call splash plays with the sacks, interceptions, and fumble recovery. Things, things are turning around, don't you think, Bob? Yeah, you know, and another thing that to me was, um, and again, uh, from my perspective, not on the team charter. How was that, fellas? Oh. Uh, we can get to that later. Well, breakfast um, but- pizza, remember, it was a saving grace. <laughs> <laughs> Wolf. I, I, I had no doubt you would find a silver lining somewhere. Labs, um, they could have kept I mean, him there for another 12 hours as long as they had pizza and donuts. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the points that was made on the broadcast, you know, and we all know that Chris Collinsworth, <clears throat> he's never going to be mistaken for a Steelers apologist. Um, you know, after those home and home, uh, every year during the 1980s when player safety was kind of a myth or a rumor. Right. And some of the things that probably happened to him running through the Steelers' secondary. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. But anyway, he made a big point of the um, little pass to um, Allen Robinson in the fourth quarter to convert to third down. And, you know, he had video and everything because there was a break, some commercials, and then they came back. And they must have loaded it up for him or whatever. And he made the point that from that formation that the Steelers were in for that play, um, they had run out of that earlier. And based on the situation of the game and the formation and the way the play started, it indicated to the Raiders that it was going to be a run again. But this time, instead of it being a run, um, you know, pick it kind of uh, – rolled to the left or booted to the left or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that little movement was. And he got the ball to um, Allen Robinson, who then secured the catch and made the veteran move 
got himself down, didn't go out of bounds. Right. Tick tock, keep the clock running. So, um, and then he said, that's a good call by Matt Canada. And they cut to a photo of, or, or video of Canada sitting up in the press box uh, or the coach's box. So, um, you know, there's, there's again, um, no one is perfect yet in any phase of this. Right. Um, but again, to, to emphasize what I was saying earlier, there are some things that are improving. Um, and, you know, that was a, that was a good design play was called at the right time. Uh, and it, and it get, got exactly what they needed. And so again, for the, the guys, players in the locker room, you know, they're, they're, they're seeing this stuff and thinking, okay, you know, we're, we're starting to do a better job overall from the top of the, um, um, food chain in terms of right. the offense, the offensive production all the way through. And so, okay, let's keep working. And, you know, this, this has the potential to come around. And again, uh, that, that to me is a significant, significant development. Third game of the year, still got a lot to play yet. Um, and hey, <laughs> everybody, this, this is my, my thing since Sunday night. Uh, everybody who thought after the game against the 49ers, if somebody would have said to you, two weeks from now, the Steelers are going to be in first place in the AFC North. <laughs> right. There you go. And, but that is a fact today. Based yes. on tiebreakers, that is a fact. And so I'm not predicting that it's going to last like this through the end of um, December and into January. But still, where they were, where they are, uh, moving forward. And so, as I said, I think that it allows everyone to continue doing what they're supposed to do with the idea that, you know, hey, this can work because we're getting a little bit better every week. Yeah, And, and labs. And that's kind of what I, I kind of said early on. And uh, I think it was last week, you know, when everybody was coming from Matt Canada's head and they were complaining. And I said, I said, listen, I was like, you know, we had two of, I would, I would argue, two of the top five to six defenses because you look what Cleveland did against the Tennessee Titans and how they shut down Derrick Henry, who is almost like an unstoppable force at the running back position, um, and how they just absolutely controlled that game. Um, is that we went against two of, two of, I'd say top five, top seven defenses in the league in our first two weeks. And so to judge... Kenny to judge Canada to judge this offense off of those two weeks is an unfair proposition at this point in the year. And I said that how they do against the Raiders and the Texans, now you can make an average because it's the first quarter of the season and now you can see an identity. Um, so check, check what for the Raiders, but is, do you think that's where we could start to see after about this week, how this team is going to look and making a fair assessment about where we're at as an offense and where we are projecting at to, to go in the future? Well, you know, I, I think that it's, you know, and again, uh, to me, this is, it's such a journey. It's such a long season. I mean, just imagine New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, you're still not even going to be out of the regular season yet. Mm. And that, to me, seems like yeah. 100 years from now. So, uh, after four games, I think you can assess where you are, kind of, and assess, 
where the league is, you know, because that's that's really what it is, in my opinion. It's it you not only have you can look at yourself and say, okay, what are we doing good or what are we doing bad? What do we have to improve or whatever? And I'm sure that after this first quarter of this, or not even first quarter of the season, but after the first four games of the season, the Steelers are still going to have issues. But so does everybody else. I mean, the undefeated Dallas Cowboys, the unbeatable Dallas Cowboys, went to Arizona and got slapped around by the Cardinals, who everybody thought were going to be in contention for the first overall pick in the next draft. So, you know, just when you think you can't be beat, you do get beat. And a lot of times, just when you think a team can't win, they do. They win. And so, um, yes, I would say, Max, I would agree with you that you can look at this offense after a month, after four games, and, and, and kind of get a sense of, you know, what it wants to do and how it's progressing in terms of getting to that point. Um, but again, you know, after four weeks after that, it could totally change again. I mean, the Steelers could go down, let's just pretend, they could go down and score 50 against the Texans. Um, four weeks after that, you know, they play um, they play the Ravens, uh, then they're off, you know, a game in L.A. You know, who knows, after four weeks more, you might look at the offense and say, well, they're not, any, they're not an, even as good as they were against the Texans. Well, that's, you know, that's the roller coaster a little bit. And... Um, I, I just really think that the reason for me that the Ra- Raiders game was so important was, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, your head's underwater uh, and then you, you kind of break the surface and catch a little bit of a breath of, you know, air. And it's like, ugh, you know, I'm not going to drown. Not yet anyway. Maybe, you know... <laughs> Another, or maybe I'm just uh, bobbing for apples. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but... You know, I, I, it was so important to me that they experienced some positivity yeah. um, before, you know, because there's going to be more negativity. There just is. I mean, it's an NFL season. You guys know all about that. It, yeah. it doesn't, the, the graph doesn't, you know, it's not an incremental rise over the course of the whole 17 weeks and 17 games. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but I don't think that that's necessarily then the end where, okay, now we know, you know, you can put an exclamation point on it and say, this is what they are. This is how, you know, this is how good they're going to be. Um, I think that we may have some idea of the identity or what they want to be at the identity, at least, um, after this Houston game, but I'll tell you what, man, this Houston game scares me to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially after yeah. how they how they dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars because we're like, wait a second, I thought Jacksonville was supposed to just roll through the AFC South. They're just like, whoa, slow up. The C.J. Stroud kid and what D'Amico Ryan's doing defensively is starting to starting to click for them as well. So it's going to be a really good matchup. Well, let me give you this as a little, you know. F- I, I hate to bring facts to this segment because I know we don't usually <laughs> like to do this, but let's break with tradition here. Um, and I can't tell you that C.J. Stroud is now uh, in NFL history third among all quarterbacks uh, in passing yards over the first three games of their rookie seasons. Okay, mm. Cam Newton has the most with 1,012. Justin Herbert is second with 931. C.J. Stroud 
is third with 906, and he is ahead of guys named Mahomes, Andrew Luck, and Baker Mayfield. And there's a lot of big names that aren't even on that list yeah. um, that you know have gold jackets and bronze busts and all that stuff. But just to you know put it in um, a little bit of context, they've got a pretty good offense, or they've got a pretty good quarterback. And uh, so I don't think it's going to be easy. And, uh, you know, a couple of night games back-to-back, a nice long trip home, um, you know, another road game. (laughs) I don't know. I'm living in my fears, fellas. It's only Tuesday. I get it. But I'm living in my fears already. Before you you get too far in there, let me ask you this, because I really wanted your take on this. Minka Fitzpatrick's hit on Garoppolo versus Cole Holcomb on Devontae Adams. I thought, one, they got right because they picked up the flag, but the one they got, I thought, I, I don't know, I just drove me crazy. What's your take, Bob? Well, you know, my problem with um, Minka's hit was this. You know, quarterbacks are different, so I, I get that. But if you're going to let them use um, Kenny Pickett's head as a speed bag, in the mm. first half, right. you know, Max Crosby hit him, cuffed him across the face a couple That's of right. times That's after right. he let go I of the forgot. ball. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you're not even calling it consistently at the same position for the same thing. Mm. Um, so that to me was just, uh, you know, ridiculous. Um, the leverage one, I didn't like that either. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really kind of iffy, you know, and if, and if I was a, a real cynic, you know, and with um, all of the, uh, you know, since the game was in Vegas and you know what, you know, their, um, what Nevada's uh, state uh, business is <laughs> and all of the uh, uh, ads for those right. kinds of businesses now associated with the NFL, all through NFL telecasts and radio broadcasts and, you know, um, all of that kind of stuff. You know, to me, maybe you could make the case that those were uh, keep the game close calls at the end there. Mm. Um, wow. But, you know, hey, I'm not that kind of person. I would never suggest <laughs> that. I don't believe. No, I, I truly, I don't believe there's anything sinister no, about I it. No, I know. I think they're just saying. They're just, they're incompetent. The officials are incompetent. That's what they are. They're, see, they're not sinister. You give me just enough juice that I can put my two-ply tinfoil hat on and sit there and con- there you- conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Wolf. I forgot to help you out for a segment or two later in the week. Um, but, oh, my you know, in- in- inconsistent, inconsistent and arbitrary. Uh, you look up NFL officials, and they're, they're those two words right there. They're inconsistent, and it's arbitrary. It's not the same um, from the first quarter to the third quarter or fourth quarter in, t- in terms of roughing the passer. Um, and, you know, how many times – and this is another – boy, Wolf, you have to go to the officials. You really got to get me wound up <laughs> I here. knew it was oh, going to cause a reaction. Just, I know I, you laughed. One, one, one of the things I hate the most is when somebody throws a flag, then they have a discussion, and then they say there is no penalty. <laughs> Why did you guy throw the flag then? If, if you don't think, if you're not absolutely sure and you're not willing to go to the mat with the referee or whoever might come over, somebody else on your crew to say, and say, no, that was a penalty. I saw it. That was holding. That was whatever. Then don't throw the flag in the first place. Mm, don't yeah. guess. Yeah. Don't guess. Uh, I hate that. 
So, but anyway, thanks, Wolf. Got my blood pressure all going. I got to go take a pill or something. <laughs> oh, Labs. Thank you for joining us today, brother. I appreciate it. As always, the insider look from Labs, I'm telling you, it's, it's always good. Thank you so much, Bob, for joining us. We appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. See ya. No, I won't see you on uh, Sunday, but uh, I'll have see a good you throughout rest of the week. week. Yeah. All right. All sure. right. Take care now. All right. That's Bob Labriola. We have so appreciate him joining us. Max and I will be back with more in the locker room after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, back inside the locker room, inside of hour two here. And uh, Wolf, can't believe you went and made Labs have to go take his blood pressure medication after asking him that question we we made 20 minutes in and you just on the 21st minute you had to touch the button didn't you you just had to get him going labs and zebras that that, you know that's just one of them things you know that's i love to get his opinion though he is just um i don't know he yes he just he, he he knows what what's going on you know well, absolutely, and listen, you also don't want labs uh, going on safari and having PTSD. Yeah, true. Um, he is not going to the African Serengeti anytime soon, thank goodness. Um, but, you know, as we look at you're, you're right, and, and, you know, one of the things I think when we're talking about, like, cl- stuff we need to clean up, mm-hmm. you know, from this game, as we do the after-action report, you know, we didn't have our normal good, bad, and the ugly right. Monday. Um but, you know, I figure, you know, hey, after action report on a Tuesday ain't bad either. Um, right. So so we can kind of digest this. I, I think one of the biggest things that was kind of, the, I guess, I won't say it was, it was a frust- it was a frustration at points. And that was how effective Devontae Adams was in that game. Right. Right. Um, you know, you can see that they, they made a, con- a concentrated effort to minimize Josh Jacobs, like pick your poison, right? Yes. Okay. Do we stop the run or do we stop the pass? You can see where our intent was to stop the run, but you love to have both when you're progressing. Right. Right. And I thought Devonte Adams, I mean, he was targeted 20 times. He had 13 receptions, but he had 172 yards right. and two touchdowns. Um, and one of those, of course, is that fourth down, that fourth is short. They, they, remember, they, they they stopped. They had a timeout and then came back. And it's like they diagnosed it. And, you know, you had Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams sitting on the outside. Boom. Ran, 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 ran that crossing route. And he just he just had perfect body control. I mean, what what? so where do you think the next step is in the secondary as far as that communication? Because Devontae, whether it was one-on-one or whether he was getting passed off in zones, he just was always open, Wolf, wasn't I mean, I was... It seemed like it, yes. My goodness. But that, that one not, long yeah. pass, if you watch that, that Devontae scored on, um, when he split in between, who was it? Um, 
Levi Wallace on one side and it was Levi, maybe Keanu. Was it? Was um, it? Was the, I can't remember. Casey, one of the two. It was yeah, Keanu one of the two. Casey. The thing about it was safeties, yeah. they ran a switch during mid-course where I make a drop down and somebody dropped deep to go into that coverage and it I it it was it was just tough timing if I, and I have to watch it again I watched it this morning but I was a little delirious this morning when I was watching it um but it was a, a situation where they switched up coverages to get a deep cover and it it just didn't work you know and I think cleaning up little aspects like that where you have a switch in coverage where the guy that's high drops low the guy that's low goes high um, and I think they, you know, you, you can over-fancify yourself and, and create problems. Uh, regardless, 20 targets is a lot. You know, I mean, yeah. you think about uh, Antonio, Antonio Brown, right? How many times was he targeted in, in high numbers? And defenses are always poised to shut him down. And he was not, they, you couldn't shut him down. You try to minimize the damage that they do. You know, and, and that yeah. I can. that's where I think it, you want to, how do I put it? Um, you want to clean up and minimize a little more than the minimi- minimization you tried to do. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. still – he's a great talent. I mean, he, it's the tip of the cap to that guy. Yeah, no, it was a tip of the cap. I mean, you see why he's one of the best in the league to do it. And and, yeah. and the fact that, you know, for Devontae, his skill set is just ridiculous. And right. he, he's, an, he's an asset. Even when people were talking about, oh, he's going to have a down year and – Blah, 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 blah. I was like, dude, I mean, he, he did it with Aaron Rodgers for a very long time. Right. And and even with Derek Carr last year, you know, he 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 did it as well. And so I'm like, you know, what he's doing and how he's playing, you know, 30-year-old receiver, right? Um, has just he just continually uh has solid games. And um one of one of the things that was really cool, I mean, he went over 90 touchdowns in his career and i want to say like i think 100 games or something like like he i think it was Mm. the second fastest like touchdown to get to 90 touchdowns it was like ridiculous and he's just under 10,000 yards career receiving um so i mean a skillful guy i'm glad he was not the reason why why we're talking about a loss right he was he was darn sure doing his best but i think that's where the explosives come in you talk about three interceptions. I want to say what two of those were was while they were targeting him, right? Um, I think so. Cuz especially the last one, the last one was definitely him getting targeted. So, I think I think that I think that was what I think that's what it was. But yeah, the Levi Wallace one was they were targeting Devonte and I think the the first Levi one was also Devonte. I wouldn't be I surprised. Pat Pease was when they were targeting Myers. Jacoby. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, so there was an emphasis on him. And like you said, you just hope to minimize, you just hope to minimize him. And the good thing was, is that there really wasn't nobody else on that team. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he threw to a lot of guys. I mean, you know, he had, he had a couple passes to, you know, Amir Abdullah, Josh Jacobs. Right. Um, but Jacoby got the next heavy amount of targets, which was at 12 versus 20. Um, but you, but you, you didn't, you don't, and the other thing is Hunter Renfro did not get targeted though. He only got targeted twice. He had two catches, but you know, when you're thinking about Josh McDaniels and, and the new England style of offense that he brought over to, to do this work, 
I was really surprised that they didn't utilize him more in mm-hmm. that slot. You know, think Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, right? In the heyday of, of Josh McDaniels in New England with Tom Brady. And they didn't really utilize the slot that much. They, they'd rather motion Devontae inside the slot, like from an outside position, um, or Jacoby Myers. They didn't really go after... Um, the true like slot, smaller receiver, catch and run style of Hunter, Hunter Renfro, which I also thought was uh, was intriguing offensive decisions by Josh McDaniels. Absolutely, and I think you're spot on. One of the things that intrigued me when you know you start talking again about Devontae Adams at the end of three quarters, he had just ten targets. I mean, when I say just, when you you consider that George Pickens last year last week had. Uh, 10, 10 targets, and that's the highest he's ever had. But the fact is, you got uh, you got ten after in three quarters, but ten in the fourth quarter alone. I mean, they were really going to Devonte Adams. There's no question about it. And really, again, the best thing you can do in minimizing somebody is maximizing the opportunistic aspect of it and takeaways. That's to me, you know, I mean, that's all you can do because you can't shut out a Devonte Adams. I, I'm sorry. Um, it's no. it's very rare that you could come close to anything like that. When he's hot and when he's on, I mean, let's face it, this guy is a really excellent talent. And so you've got to maximize the opportunities and knowing that, okay, if uh, they're going after, they want to go to Devontae, then you've you got to maximize any opportunities to get a takeaway because those things are, that's that's huge. No, I mean, and, and I think and I think that that's where, you know, you start to, it's like, okay, Who's the one guy that, okay, we're going to let him get it, but we've got to make sure we keep him in front of us. I think that's kind of what the approach eventually materialized into was that, you know, he can beat us, but he can't beat us deep. He can't beat us over the top. And you saw them kind of settle into that because they were so focused in on the initial game plan, which was stop stop Josh Jacobs. And that's kind of what I talked about with that first play. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the first play I led with that fourth down where he got his first touchdown. It was the fourth and one, and everybody kind of constricted in the box, and you didn't, you you know, you had a cover one look, and you know he just he just made the perfect thread the needle type of moment to get into the end zone for that first score for the Raiders, and but then after that, like you said, it was it was more so keep him in front of you if he is going to beat you, let's make sure that we create a picket fence around him. And they did that, but the problem was he 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 caught way too many passes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, there's no doubt. That. But it did yeah, take yeah, 20 targets, so I mean, think about it. It, it did. did t- it did yeah. take 20 targets to get 172 receiving <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. But hey, man, I'm trying to look on the bright side. Okay, hey, I know, but th- but this was this was about the, the you know you have to talk about the, the correction part of it. So True. we don't really we, we not not yet do we sugarcoat, but um, but yeah, no. <laughs> It's it's still something, just a point of emphasis that when you do get those dominant receivers, you know there do, there has to be that concerted effort of keeping him in front of you, which I thought they did a great job of. No question about that. Not letting him that. beat you deep. I mean, his longest well, he, pass play I think it was thirty two yarder. But he did have that one touchdown. That remember on the fourth and one or whatever it was. Yeah. You know the, yeah, yeah, the that, 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 was, was, that was the one. one. The, Dad Gummit Max. I was sitting there and I was, before before the, it happened. I'm thinking. This would be the perfect time for a play fake and go long. And I'm like, going, no, I'm, I'm glad I didn't say it because then I would have felt even worse, even though he got nothing to do with it. But the fact was just watching it unfold. I'm like going, oh, great googly moogly. You know what I mean? Jay, it's like, 
They're going to do it. They're going to do it. <laughs> Doggone it, they did it. That, that They're reading it. my mind. Now you have to put the tinfoil cap on, Wolf, and make sure they can't read your thoughts up there. Right. Yeah, I know. I, I know, should I got have it. put yeah. on the tinfoil cap. It's my fault. I take the blame for that one. Exactly. It's been like Magneto, right, in the X-Men, right? He has his pay. Yeah, exactly, Wes. You know, he has a special <laughs> X-Men helmet that you know, he, can't, he won't let Professor Xavier read his mind. When right? do you see me show up in Houston? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Wolf doesn't wear hats. This is not a hel- This is not a hat. This is a helm. <laughs> oh. Oh, Protective thine thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> They're reading my mind, Max. Yeah, exactly. It's like looking around corners with the helmet on. Like, oh, no, they're not there. Oh, no, not there either. Okay, I can go get cookies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. oh, gosh. All right. You better take us All right, we got to go to break. Yeah, we got to go to break. We got to go to break here. The squirrels got in, got into the equipment again. Uh, we'll be right back. You're inside the locker room of Wolf and Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, it is bell lap time here in the show. (laughs) I got worried for like like half a second. So I was like, wait a second, wait a second. Did, 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 did I queue it up in enough time? But yes. Um, I got you, man. <laughs> I know. Wes, Wes, Wes has me, just like he has those Sabarita's hot peanut mix. Oh, um, yes. They took from the press box. That wolf <laughs> keeps digesting. Um, yep. But, uh, you know, stick stick on SNR um, after our show because we will be bringing you the Mike Tomlin press conference live at the top of the hour at noon. So definitely want to hear what the head ball coach has to say about last week and turning the page to this week as we are on to the Texans um, for our next <laughs> for our next opponent. Uh, Wolf, I mean, just as we as we look at kind of you know the Steelers' forays um, through three games, um, what are so what's what's it what's it absolute truth right now at this moment that we can say about this Steelers team they're gritty they are gritty I mean you come back from getting waxed by the San Fran uh, 49ers then you come in and uh, get the job done such as they've done against the Browns and the the Raiders the Raiders and it says something about you they're a bloody knuckles group all right, they, they've got to roll up their sleeves. They've got to go after it. They're not going to fancify their way into victories. It's going to come with blood, sweat, and tears and a lot of guts uh, from a lot of guys pitching in. You know what I'm talking about. So I think what yeah. we're seeing is, you know, people want to talk about an identity. And to me, identities are, are, as I always state, being the old guy that I am, it's whatever they call in the huddle. But one of the identities, if there's an identity to it, is that 
I think we have some bloody knuckles guys who get after it and will get as, as down and dirty as you got to get to get the job done. When I say down and dirty, I'm not talking being a dirty player, but to do the nitty-gritty details, be it double-team work, be it um, you know making tackles on the special teams, what have you, being able to do that, and I think that's important. It's an important part and aspect of a team. No, I, I, you know, and I'll agree with you. I think I think that grit and that determination is something you have to have. And I think you're absolutely right. Like you're willing to do the work that nobody else is willing to do. Right. And you have to embrace that suck aspect of it, right? Good point. Because it sucks yes. at times. Yes. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks if you're a DB and you're outweighed by 50, 60 pounds. You know, by a running back that's coming out in the slot or a tight end. And it's easy to just dive at somebody's legs with your shoulder first, right? And not wrap. T- but it takes a lot more effort to wrap tackle, right? Yes. To put a guy in the crosshairs and decide I'm going to make sure my head's out of it or my head's in the proper position. I'm going to wrap and drive through that individual and meet that force with my own force. Like that's something that you look around the league, it's not consistent across the league. And it, t- it takes a little bit more, you know, chutzpah to go ahead and, and do that type of deal. So I agree. Um, one of my truths that I'm going to go with. Okay. TJ Watt is an absolute animal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a no-brainer, yeah. really. TJ <laughs> Watt, I mean, if we're going through, I mean, he, he, he's, he's, he's going to have 34 sacks after the end. <laughs> I know he's going to slow down. But, I mean, but my goodness, man. Like, yeah. he becomes an emphasis and a focal point every single game. And every single game, he becomes more and more invincible. Um, yeah. It is it is just fantastic to watch. I mean, the fact that Jimmy G went clean for two straight games and you had some other good pass rushers on the two teams he faced, um, and none of them had the success that he had. No. And, in fact, he had a follow-up act. It wasn't an intro and an encore. He had his own separate encore where he came back out with a costume change, it felt like, <laughs> um, if we're going on Vegas terms. And just absolutely terrorized Jimmy G. In fact, he terrorized Jimmy G so bad on that interception. Remember, like it was a thought of T.J. Watt hitting him exactly that, that made him throw that, the that ball was up the in Pat, the air. That was Pat Pete's interception. <laughs> yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yes, I was like, man, I was like that. That I mean, he he he's the Baba Yaga, right? You know, if we're talking about like the movie John Wick, right? Yes, he's the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. Oh, I yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Now, yeah, we, well, new nickname alert. I like that. <laughs> I think we have to work on that one. Now, I need a little help here because in winding okay. up this show, I have my twin grandchildren, Colson yes. and Lydia Wolfley, okay? They're in Atlanta, down around Georgia. Well, not actually in Atlanta, but the, down around there in that, you know. But – that is those those are my two two of my grandchildren. They're twins. They're born on my son, my oldest son, Kyle Jacobs birthday. So you got three birthdays being celebrated in one. But for mom, uh, Danessa and and dad Kyle, this is to Colson and to Lydia Wolfley. Happy birthday. They are six years old. Now, boys, happy I need, birthday. I need someone to accompany them. Do here. it. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's do sing it. happy All birthday. Right. Ready? Do it. Happy birthday to you. you. Cha cha cha. Happy birthday birthday to you. Cha cha cha. Happy birthday 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 to Colson and and Lydia. And that would be Kyle Jacob too. Uh, And Kyle Kyle Jacob Jacob as well. well. (laughs) Happy Happy birthday. birthday. 
Colson, Lydia, and my oldest son, Kyle. Happy birthday to all three of Yin's guys and that. That that doesn't go down any – you know what? what, what yeah. Lousy, woofly singing is – that's uh, that's like part of the history of the family. You know what I mean? Just We just nailed it, yeah. guys. Good job. You know what? We felt good. We, we felt good about that. As, as a barbershop trio, we, we did a pretty tremendous job. You know what? There's nothing left to say after that, Wolf. No, except not for, really. Yeah. Let, let, let's, just, let's just bid everyone good day <laughs> and, have a, and, make, and make it a wonderful one. It's lunchtime somewhere, especially in the Pittsburgh area. So go. Enjoy your lunch. Thank you for tuning in, as always. Remember, we'll be back. Same bat channel, same bat time. Inside the locker room. Wolf. Starks, head ninja in charge right now. That would be Wesley Euler. And, of course, the sensei, Brian LaMartina. You've been listening to The Locker Room on ESPN and SNR Radio. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.